What is up, entrepreneurs? Welcome to the Video Simplified Podcast with me, your host, Diana Gladney. And this podcast is dedicated to you, you busy entrepreneur, you helping you simplify and create better videos for your business and just really create a deeper connection with your audience using video. So if that's something up your alley, let's jump right into today's message. What is up, entrepreneurs? Welcome back to the Video Simplified Podcast with me, your hostess with the mostest, Diana Gladney. This week's episode is going to be a video and audio version as well. And you can go to videosimplifiedpodcast.com if you want to subscribe and make sure that you uh, have checked out the podcast, left a rating review, you know, hashtag all the things. But today is a topic that I'm uber passionate about because it is why you need not should have, should consider, none of that. It is legit why you need a YouTube channel if you're an entrepreneur and if you run a business or if you run a business, whatever. So it doesn't matter if you're leading it. If you if you have any level of say, your company, your organization is not showing up in a significant way on video, that's a huge mistake and you absolutely need a YouTube channel. So I'm going to be diving into that. So the thing is that since COVID-19, the coronavirus and all the stuff, we all know it. Since that has happened, literally the entire world has changed. Literally. Now, as an introvert, as an INTJ, it ain't really changed that much for me. You know, because (laughs) it's like my lifestyle is called quarantine. What's called social distancing on purpose. So before that was a thing, that was our thing. So introverts unite. We all know what it's about. Everybody else had to get on board with us. So we're the only ones doing really well during this time. But it's like since the COVID-19, most entrepreneurs, like they, they have to understand that business is different. Like, okay, so everybody got on board with the whole, let's do delivery, contactless service and things like that. What they fail to realize is that in the midst of them having to make these changes, these aren't things that will probably just work for a little while or it's just like this is temporary. We won't have to keep doing that. Companies that are saying that internally probably need to recheck themselves. And and that's phrasing because that's not going to be true. I believe contactless service and just the ability to get what you need and go is something that is going to become the norm as it already has been because it ties into the person, the problem, and their pain point, which I've talked about that before, that those three Ps are the number one thing that you always have to seek out with anything, the person, the problem, and their pain point. If you don't understand any of those things for your ideal customer client or otherwise, nothing else that you do will matter, no other anything that you offer will even make sense to them. And so the reason why you need a YouTube channel is because not only did the market and the economy and the world literally change, but your customers and your clients have changed as a direct result of that, how they interact, how they prefer to receive information, how they like they they are different now. They are not the same. And some people have no desire to go back because it's opened up a world for them that's been completely amazing. So when we think about what has happened in business and online and just the current economy, which is not going to go backwards, we have to take a look into everything, literally churches, nonprofits, businesses, everything that we're doing 
had to fast forward if you were, weren't on board already, which a lot of people, especially like churches, which really pissed me off. It's just like they were so behind and antiquated and just like, oh, this is the way we've always done things. And they're OK with that. And it's just like who where do you live? Who you know, it's just like where is this type of life existing? You know, in like seriously, it just was such a, a deep rooted thing in comfort zone and a lot of businesses have that same problem. And you have a lot of legacy employees, honestly, what I call legacy employees, where for example, the company I used to work for, um, you have people that may be 50, late fifties, sixties, uh, sometimes even like 70 year old year olds or a little bit, a little older. They've been in that job, that company, that position, maybe they can't retire, whatever the reason they're still there. And so there's a stagnation in leadership. There's a stagnation in thought processes. And, you know, it's like, if you're only in a room with other 60 and 50, you know, 50 year old, 55 plus year olds or whatever, not speaking against if you're that age group, but it's just like, if you're only around your own people, you, none of, none of you will ever see a problem with what you're doing. You have to have a mix of those different people. And it never created a space for honestly, even anybody like myself to come to the table. And if I did, and in, in occasions where I did, it sounds so outlandish and far-fetched and I'm like, where, why isn't the company on YouTube? It's just like everybody's looking because even for to have some of the business leaders per se, per se in the company to just do internal videos was absolutely horrible. It was like they'll do videos like this. Welcome to the company here at the company. We value you. <laughs> It just, I mean, it was horrendous. I'm sitting there like, mm-hmm. So this is what, yeah, like y'all need to go do some YouTube videos, get some reps in because this is pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. Personally, doing YouTube videos has helped me to become a better speaker, a better communicator, a better entrepreneur, a better aunt, a better sister, just all the things, a better friend, because there's not anything that I've been able to search that doesn't exist on YouTube. And the same thing you have to understand is that your people are going through a very similar process. Age group aside, now everybody's on the same page. Fast forward, if you were behind, you're now jumped overnight to 10 years in advance to today. And so knowing all of that and how everything has changed, your people have changed. So this group, this room, of like-minded people, but everybody's has antiquated thinking. Nobody is considering how your customers and clients prefer to receive information. Now, what their new pain points are during and post COVID-19 will be, and all of the things that come back of that. Uh, and then those new current pain points that will develop if, if they're lost on understanding that, like, the company is absolutely going to fail. It is absolutely going to fail. So here's the thing that I think a lot of people don't take into consideration either. There is not one niche that I know of or one type of business or one type of content that literally cannot exist on YouTube. Case in point, I wrote a few things down to take some notes to just kind of like consider 
some of the very different types of content, but still very important types of content that even I have searched. And it's not like, like I viewed YouTube back in the day as a consumer more now as a content creator and entrepreneur, but at the same time, viewing it as a consumer, it was so many things that I needed, wanted to learn. One of those things was when I had surgery or before I had surgery, once I figured out what it was, how it was going to be done and all of those different things, I started to um, look up doctors. And not only did I look up doctors, I started to look up the surgery, that specific procedure and what all it was going to be, watch the entire surgery and the doctor's commentations throughout and what that process is, how it's going to be for the patient. I could even watch vlogs of the women that have had similar surgeries, get their experience, what the type of healing process was like for them. And literally a doctor would have a YouTube channel and it may be explaining his surgeries and how he makes his experience for his clients and his and his clients, essentially his patients, less stressful, less painful than other doctor's office. How much do you think how much business questions, consultations, appointments, the doctor that showed up? It was just transparent. And yeah, here's one. It was kind of rough. Um, and here's what we decided to do. Um, this is something I'm going to have to talk to the client about to come back to for a second procedure. It'll be an outpatient. But, you know, it's just like how much more valuable to somebody like me that is literally scared to death of hopping on the table. One, having a little bit more comfort in having seen the process, more educated questions and more likely to book an appointment or ask some questions to the doctor because they didn't just talk about it. I got them to, I got a chance to actually see the process. So even like the most weirdest thing, like a surgery or a procedure or medications or whatever the case is, I got a chance to see it. I've even had watched about things I had to give myself um, for a time I was on uh, medical injections, injections. I absolutely hate needles. I had to go and I needed to, like, I don't care what they told me. I needed to go and watch a YouTube video to see how to do this because I'm, I'm at a point now, I'm not thinking clearly anymore. I'm freaking out and I'm at home and I got to do this. And I'm like, what the hell, man? It's just like, so give me this big needle. And it's just like, oh, where do I place? And it's just like, oh Lord, help me. <laughs> a YouTube video. Help me get through that process. Some other things is that um, when I needed something fixed on my car, I watched a video from the dealer or the mechanic where they showed me how to do that. Go figure. Change transmission, oil, the belt on my old car me and my dad have done. Um, uh, I mean, just like simple things to a mechanic, maybe like 15 or 20 minutes or whatever. Maybe it's like an hour process. But then if that's something that you want to know or learn how to do, you can do it and oil changes super quick. And so instead of maybe going to the shop, breaking away from your schedule, whatever, it's like, oh, I got some time. Maybe I want to do it or I at least know what it takes to do it. So if somebody tries to rip you off, assuming you don't know anything, you do. So much more valuable. Or even if you are that mechanic and you're saying, here's how to know if a mechanic shop is trying to rip you off with this, this is all this is. If they ever show you this common you know, thing than to say that this is what's wrong. They're lying. Go someplace else. How much more valuable 
is that mechanic than the one that just gives you a quote and estimate online and maybe sends a circular in the mail. Last, last example here is that when I wanted to study communication um, and human psychology, I watched a professional and a doctor. They broke down that process. They gave me book recommendations and that went on to help me again become a better person in learning to communicate better, communicate through frustration, knowing when not to try to communicate. It's just not going to come out clearly just to be a better version of myself. It translates into my business, translates into my family, translates in just, just so many different ways because everything requires communication. How much more valuable, for example, is the author that didn't just do a book review of their own book or something, but broke down concepts, maybe did, did a series on those different things. So there's literally no niche that like if you can do a surgery and the, like a explain books and if there's no anything, a vlog, share your experience, there is no excuse for why you can't find a place on YouTube. So here's the thing is three things that I wanted to touch on also when it comes to being this entrepreneur, this business owner, you're needing to have a YouTube channel and some things that you may be missing as well. Number one, like the customers are searching for things that they didn't before because they're now online more. So they maybe some people like they didn't have internet connection. They didn't have a good computer. And that's why we saw tech sales really go up, especially like in the camera space. It was wild and has been wild. Things that cost $130, $400 just from price gouging. Um, can't find a camera, a good camera to save your life without it being slightly price gouged. You know, just like simple things out, sold out, won't come back in stock. Every time something else comes back in, it's just gone very quickly. Um, insane absolutely insane. So literally everybody had to get to a point to where they could show up on video for the conferencing and all this. And they had to start searching for problems that they didn't have before. And so there's literally an influx of new people that have come online, not that they didn't always have access to the internet, but now they're more reliant, reliant on the internet are now online taking again, this whole COVID-19 situation into an account most people have changed. Like I even talked to a friend, their job is not going back to in-person anymore. Company found out that, you know what? It actually doesn't even make sense to have everybody come back. We got this big building. It's not really, it's like, huh, we don't need much to run a competent company, increase our, you know, our, our revenue and just meet our bottom line without a problem. And then give our employees the flexibility of working from home maybe even work less hours, maybe increase more pay because we don't have the expenses. And so we can funnel that back into the business and give them a piece of the benefit of working from home beyond just the schedule, scheduling and flexibility, but financially how it's made a difference. People's lives are different. The difference in working a job versus working at home. Yes, you're still working, but you also um, like for, again, for me having and dealing with stage four endometriosis, there are times I need a break. The work can still get done during the day, but maybe just not at that core hours. As long as you have work that maybe could be spread out or something like that, it changes now. You can go take a nap. Like you don't have to travel, deal with whatever, 
or I'm already at home. I could take that stronger medication and let it start working right at the end of the day. So by the time I'm at log off point, the medicine is already kicked in. I'm walking a couple steps to my bedroom and that's it. Like I'm already in a place to make a nice smooth transition versus having to deal with the drive home, being in excruciating pain, potentially messing up and making poor decisions because I can't think straight because of the pain level. And then having an incident where I backed into um, this pole and completely messed up the back of my car just for solely being out of pain uh, or being in pain, um, unable to take medicine at that time because I needed to be at home to do it for the strength and all of what the side effects and whatnot. And so um, it's like I compare that kind of a thing to where I could just be at home or I could just have my food delivered with contactless whatever and I don't have to get up. I don't have to deal with the whole how's your day going, blah, 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 and how's the weather kind of stupid conversations. And so what human interactions have happened, they're more meaningful. And those that aren't necessary aren't happening. And so now if I was trying to figure out online, trying to figure out a more efficient way to live, as I, as I have already begun to, my searches are different than maybe what it was before working and traveling and commuting and blah, blah, blah. Maybe my searches are different. So if I'm, you're that mechanic, I'm not just looking for how to do an oil change. Maybe I'm looking at three tips on how to keep good maintenance on my car, even though I'm driving it less now. My pain point or my problem still may be revolved around maintaining my car, but it's shifted. So I'm searching new things now because I'm entering a new type situation. Other thing is that a customer's service experience, and I touched on this just a little bit a second ago, is different now. We don't expect to have to talk to anybody. I love the delivery people that just drop it and go, or I get a picture, it's like there, or you can see like Amazon delivery service, which is freaking fantastic. You can see when they're one stop, two stop away, go get it done. Don't need to talk. We don't need to, hey, this, not like, I don't, I don't mind levels of sincere and genuine, like, hey, how are you? Stay safe, take care, whatever. But at the same time, it kind of bothers me when I call someplace or I'm dealing with a company and they're wasting my time with this stupid wannabe personal connection. And I know because I used to work uh, at a time where uh, I had to be on the phones and they want you to ask them something like, how's your, like they make you have to, or they'll dock you for um, like not giving good quality service. And I thought it was so stupid because it's more personal to talk about something that may come up as real. Like, yeah, man, I can't have my internet down. For example, if this is the, the call, because, you know, I'm doing videos for my client work and I need to have my videos uploaded. Now, why would I ask them something about the weather or whatever that's on this checklist of stupid things to say versus just like, man, I've always wanted to do YouTube videos and like legit talk about something that they mentioned that makes sense. But if they never lead to that, just like, man, my work requires that I need to have this. I don't have time to like, I need this fixed now. I don't need, if they're not, especially they're not in the mood to talk. We've all been there. You're not in the mood to talk. Why am I trying to force this person to talk to me and get more angry and frustrated? Because even I 
have had times where I'm having a conversation that I don't want to have. And I have to tell them, I appreciate, especially like, again, I'm at moments where that endo pain is just so freaking ridiculous. And I'm sitting there and I'm trying to talk and it's just like, listen, listen, I appreciate all of what you are trying to do. And I understand that you have to ask. However, I am not in a space to have conversation. I just really need this issue resolved so I can get back in bed or so I can lay back down or whatever. Right. It's just like, I, I promise, like, I'm sorry, you might get in trouble if you don't ask about the weather or my day. But please, I, I don't, I'd rather you just put me on hold. I do not have space for this kind of conversation. Now that's me already being introverted, already not wanting to talk. <laughs> and then really having a situation where I really don't want to talk. But it just speaks to like, again, if I'm already at home, if I'm already like in my mode, I have life, that's my life, but I have life for any other customer to have life happening with them. They're enjoying getting that time back from not having commute or commute less. They're enjoying maybe spending more time with their kids um, or taking them to their grandparents and their grandparents having more space. And then that parent can get some time for themselves or whatever. But at the end of the day, their customer experience is different because the way that they manage their time in the day and what's needed and how they intend to do that, they're more conscious of their time. And so if you have a business and you're not tapping into the new normal for them, you're missing the boat completely. If you don't recognize whatever is important to them, it's just selfish business moves that are going to lead you, I think, into a pit. And so the third thing is that online digital interaction is this is like this is a this is a biggie for me. Online and digital interaction is being less personal. That's a belief people have. And I say that that's a myth. That online and digital interactions are less personal. I think that's false. Here's the reason why. Not only in my personal life, um, I have my best friend who lives in Florida right now. And she and I, other than I think last, sometime last year, had the chance to like be in the same room together. Other than that, I haven't seen her yet. And still our relationship has grown so much more over this past almost a year now, but that's personal. But here's the reason why, because otherwise distance relationships in any form is really hard. But when you think about FaceTime, audio message, social media posts, video messages, back and forth, text messages, emojis, gifts, all these things to show, share, and express human emotion, connection, all of it, it's still there. It's just in a different form. Yes, there's a level of it being different, but at the same time, not too, too much. And so when we think about how sometimes people think that it's less important or it's like somehow less human or like that's wrong. I like how Gary V explained it 
in this one post that he did on TikTok, and I'll play that for you now. When people put themselves out there like yes. that, what if no one cares? What if no one follows them? What if no one likes them? It depends on how you feel about yourself. Am I watching the patterns of 14-year-old teenagers who are taking three minutes to 15 minutes to take a selfie, post it on Instagram, then if they don't get enough likes in the first 20 minutes, take it down and start over? Gary, I'm afraid, what are we doing to our young people? We're not doing jack this is what's happening. There's no we are doing. This is the reality of human evolution. If this was 1961, you'd be like, Gary, I'm worried about Elvis shaking his hips. What are we teaching? <laughs> this is happening whether you or I like it. It's evolution. The end. Nothing's changed, it just gets accelerated. And what happens is we get scared because we get old. We get scared of everything that we didn't grow up with. It's what human beings do. I think this is so wise and so smart and such a good response. In addition to this, um, I listened to uh, a post and I shared this on my Instagram page by Pastor Michael Todd. So you can see both sides of the spectrum from church and nonprofit and leadership and stuff like that to business and leadership and communication and things like that with Gary Vee. It's just like from both sides, they're saying the same thing. And Pastor Michael Todd expressed this as if he's been teaching his daughter how to ride a bike and then she FaceTimes him of her riding a bike. He said it doesn't make it any less special because when he gets home, he's going to do all the things that she would enjoy, go get her favorite things. And they're still going to celebrate. And it, that that joy, that experience, that connection is no less personal being there or not being there because it's a moment that's shared. And so in the same way, in a similar sense, Gary Vee kind of shared that same thing. It's like people like are not like, I'll say this <laughs> previous generations way of doing things is not the same as millennials, which is the category I fit in. And then Gen Z's. We don't do business the same. We're not going to. And even once they have children, which some of them are, I just became a great aunt. And it's just like, so as the Gen Zers that are adults start to have, they're not kids, as they start having children, building their own families, they're not, they're already not doing business, even how we had to. So my first jobs, my first, yeah, but so my first job applications filled on paper. Then eventually it got to digital and everybody complained about that. And, you know, all of what it's developed into, they've never seen a paper application, nor would they ever accept a paper application. So life is not doing anything to them. It's just different and it's changing and it's not going to go back to the way it was. So this belief that I'm saying is a myth about it being less personal is a problem because it comes from businesses and people that want to stay antiquated in their ideals because it's different and it's not what they're used to or what they believe would work or the way that they would want to have things done. I had a company that I worked for um, want to try to get the millennial dollar like for a lot of companies were uh, at the time. And they they had to have done zero market research because they had none of the things that they did were any of the things that tied into why millennials spend money and how they spend money. Now being in and sharing some of the conversations, it's just like, who did you talk to and who did the market research on this? Because it is trash. It's trash. It's somebody's idea that they sat in a room and said, this would be great. 
let's launch it. You launched it and it became a bleeding wound, just a hemorrhaging wound that you cannot stop bleeding because you trying to get everything paper. You want to call and talk on the phone and ask about this. Can you come to the office and meet about that? I remember um, I signed up as a customer through the company for a service that I can tell you right now, that's that experience. It did not last. I'm like, this has to stop. I remember getting calls, all the things. And I'm just like, is there a problem? <laughs> is there a problem why you are calling so much? I just want to get to know you and this, that. Get to know me? Like, no, I signed up for a service for my stuff. And that's it. Like, I don't need to talk to you. We don't need, like, don't call me after I get off work. Just wanting to banter about nothing for 15 minutes, trying to build a relationship. That's not how you're going to send an email, something relevant, helpful or something. And that'll maybe get me like, don't ever call me unless it's a problem. That's me. And so (laughs) more or less, that's a lot of millennials for sure. Gen Z, why are you calling? You didn't leave a voicemail. There's no text follow up. I guess you don't want anything. (laughs) And so. It's like, it's not that it's impersonal when you're trying, like, but the things that you're used to doing are not going to work. So if you have this belief that like, oh, well, we don't like because it's not get over yourself. You need to understand the how and the why and the value in how not just my generation, but the Gen Z and the one following them, their children that they're now having is consuming, receiving. And it's just still person problem and the pain point. They're not going to not ever entertain doing business by paper. And if they have to do something with wet signatures, it will be the bare minimum. They're never going to look at a company that doesn't have a good relevant website because they're going to research you online. And if they can't find you, you're irrelevant. If you don't have a YouTube channel, if you don't have videos, you're irrelevant. If you don't have social active social profiles where you're showing, sharing, giving some kind of experience that ties into, yeah, we get our people kind of a thing in your own way. You don't have to be, you know, so modern, so hip hoppy or whatever, but you just have to be you in your own modern way. And so if you're not doing that, you're irrelevant because you're just as at that point, you might as well fit into a spam category of a random company. They don't even care how long you've been around. You're irrelevant. And that same company I talked about before did zero market research, that company will be closing at the end of the year. So I'm just saying that this is a crucial point for a lot of entrepreneurs. And I think it's important that they all, that you continue to pay attention to your person, their problem and their pain. And let's have a little foresight into how are they different now and how do we need to change Because companies that don't get this are going to die. And they're not just going to die. As we already have are seeing companies that have had nothing like they just like, well, we were completely reliant of people showing up. Never have an inventory. Never said week one, week two, week three, even after COVID being like, oh, crap, this is like (laughs) we're stuck here for a minute. Being a thing even went to like, we need to figure out a way to online. So some of these companies, honestly, it could have been as easy as 
listing everything that you have in your local your location your store like if you're retail or something and here's how to do this here's how to use a dumbbell do a 12 part series on you know weights and just like all of that do a nutrition series if like literally sell the nutrition pack sell give away a free guy and mo- and that was the thing most companies didn't have an email list non-existent email list websites sucked not any kinds of connection online they became irrelevant very quickly other companies you're selling something show how to do some design stuff in the store or you know get rent a, a apartment or something or you know something pick a clear area out of the store pick a, a, a design area and create like nobody's able to come into the retail shops clear a whole section out create a demo area where you're showing how to use and showcase this and feature this week and blah 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 and here's how 12 things you can do with lounges and whatever but figure it out here's the thing about the pattern and the fabric and blah blah blah. like figure it out And, and some of these companies didn't even try and we're watching brands that some of us care about close and it's unfortunate because it's what it was ways out of this and I think one of those biggest ways is showing up through video and it makes sense to be on the number one video platform currently which is YouTube and I say currently because TikTok has taken off has taken off not is has taken off Instagram continues to be its own thing Facebook continues to be its own thing like it really really matters in the same way that it's kind of ridiculous to have a poor website it's kind of ridiculous not to have a YouTube channel so that's a really kind of an in-depth episode I think into just it really scratches the scratch for creating a YouTube channel as a business and the and the like you need to things and a lot of it is mindset for a lot of entrepreneurs if your mindset isn't focused in understanding like we can't be like this anymore they're going to be gone churches and nonprofits and schools have had to shift but those that still aren't and they're struggling and they're not getting the the how the student that member that you know community member like they're not understanding these same things you're going to see churches close their doors you're going to see nonprofits go out of business you're going to like it's just this is something that's universal is not going away and so i think one of the biggest things it's like most people are like well how do i know and blah there's literally not one one niche that's not available to see something about it on YouTube. Stop trying to be so professional and be a little bit human. Be a little bit human. If you can start there, current pain point, something that you're offering, I think you can begin to come out of this COVID thing and come out on the other side probably in a much better position than what you were going in. So that's what I'm going to leave for today's video simplified podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure you leave a rating or review in your favorite podcast player. 
all you have to do if for example you're in apple Podcasts, you click on the name of the show you can scroll to the ratings area click on write a review drop your stars and you can leave a comment if you want as well but guys that's where i'm gonna leave it for today's episode and as i love to end my podcast the winds of life blows on its all but it's how you set your sales i see you on the next podcast peace Thanks for checking out today's episode. Hopefully you enjoyed the content that you heard. And if you did, make sure you leave a rating or review in your favorite podcast player. And I do read and check all of those. So it'd be greatly appreciated. But more than that, leave a message. Go to anchor.fm forward slash Diana Gladney and let me know your thoughts. If you want it published, we can do that. If not, I'll listen to it and just hold it close and near and dear to my heart. But otherwise, guys, make sure you subscribe to Entree Woman TV if you want more video tips and things like such as. But otherwise, guys, I will see you on the next episode on the Video Simplified Podcast. Take care and as always, live with passion.